Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This program is brought to you weekly by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. Stay tuned for today's message. Good morning, and we'd like to heartily welcome you to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. This is Elder David Wise from Macedonia Church here with you on the program this morning, and we have the privilege of sharing time on the program with Elder Joe Nettles and Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, and we're thankful for our radio partners and the opportunity to be able to broadcast on the radio stations as well as on uh, the internet and podcast platforms, and we're very thankful for you for listening. If you would like like, we would certainly be encouraged if you would contact us. You can go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com, and you can email us, gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We'd love to know that you're out there and know through what platform you listen, and we'd love to correspond with you, answer any questions, or if we could help you in any way. If you happen to be in North Mississippi, particularly in the Golden Triangle area, we'd invite you to come see us at Macedonia Church in Ackerman, Mississippi, and Sulphur Springs Church in Caledonia, Mississippi. We both meet for worship every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. And then also we have a Wednesday night service in Starkville, Mississippi at the New Covenant Church building at 200 West Garrett Road at 6 p.m. every Wednesday night. So we would love to meet you. We'd love to correspond with you. And more than that, we would love for you to come out and worship with us. So uh, we hope that you might be able to do that. We've been making our way during my current messages on the radio program, making our way through the will of God. And we'd like to continue that this morning. And we hope these messages have been encouraging for you and we can have greater understanding and discernment to follow God's will in our life. So we hope you'll stay tuned with us and we will bring that message for you right after the song.
Hello again, and thanks for staying with us here on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. This is Brother David Wise here with you, and uh, we've been trying to spend time on the program going through God's will. And we've noted for you before three specific aspects of God's will for us to be waiting on God's will. The first of those being patience to wait on God's will, wisdom to discern when God's will is being manifest, and then courage to act. And as we think back about the patience portion of waiting on God's will, I'm sure that you are very similar to me, that as you pray for God's will, it's it's very difficult for us to wait sometimes, isn't it? It's very difficult for us to wait on God's will when it doesn't appear that he's acting as fast as we would think or on our timetable. Not only are God's ways higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts, but also God's timing. God's timing is many times beyond our ability to understand until the will of God just blossoms and comes to fruition in front of us. And then we can say, yes, all along, God's will and God's timing is always best. God has made everything beautiful in his time, we're told in the book of Ecclesiastes. So this morning, we want to try to consider as we try to wait patiently on God's will, as we exhibit patience, waiting on God's will to be accomplished in God's time. First of all, as you are in a period possibly of waiting on God's will, we don't ever want to feel like that that time is being wasted. I know that there are certain benchmarks that we would like to reach in our life. We would like to graduate high school, graduate college, get married, have kids, have a good job, reach a certain level of success in our career, receive the next promotion, et cetera, et cetera, whatever it ends up being for you. And those are not bad goals in and of themselves. But it's very difficult for us to wait patiently on God's will, to wait patiently on God's timing when maybe it's God's will for us not to meet those supposed benchmarks for you to graduate high school at a certain age, for you to graduate college at a certain age, for you to be married by a certain time, for you to have kids by a certain time. We don't necessarily know the timing of those, and who knows? It may be God's will for those specific things to never come to materialize. If it's not God's will for you to be married, we trust that God will give you contentment to serve him in the kingdom in that state that you've been called to. But we don't know. We don't know if, and we certainly don't know when these things might come to fruition. And it's very, very possible that God's will may be manifested in your life at a time that is later than these supposed benchmarks, right? Think about all these examples. We could just give you so many examples of people that learned very, very important lessons in waiting for God's will that built them up for the work that God was calling them to do later in the future. In an upcoming message, we'd like to consider with you, God is the perfect potter. God is the perfect potter, and he's in his wisdom, God is constantly molding us and crafting us 
more and more to his image and more and more to his will. And therefore, the Lord guides us and molds us and crafts us in such a way that his name would be glorified. But we think about the way the Lord built up the life of Joseph, right? At age 17, he goes into slavery, and then he's elevated in Potiphar's house, and then he's falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, and he's thrown into prison, and then he's forgotten by the Egyptian butler. And finally, he ascends to second in command of all of Egypt at age 30, but for 13 years, from age 17 to 30, for 13 years, Joseph was enduring tremendous amounts of suffering and disappointment and slander and persecution for righteousness sake, right? But the Lord used that time period. The Lord used that time to teach him lessons so he was appropriately prepared for what God was calling him to at age 30 to lead the seven years of plenty and stocking up for the seven years of upcoming famine to save his family and to save millions of other people. So we see the way the Lord was guiding the life of Joseph, even in the midst of suffering, preparing him for a future work. Moses. Moses was ultimately going to be the deliverer of Israel to lead them in the exodus out of Egypt, but the Lord knew that as a 40-year-old man, even at age 40, he was still a hot-headed, impetuous man that was controlled and influenced primarily by emotions. He's just killing an Egyptian off the cuff because of a conflict with an Israelite. The Lord's not going to use somebody like that to lead millions of people out of bondage. How did the Lord teach Moses the right lessons to prepare him for the work that he was going to perform at age 80 Well, how did the Lord prepare him for that work? By sending him to Midian to shepherd sheep on the backside of the desert. So for 40 years, the Lord was preparing, as the perfect potter, the Lord was preparing Moses for the work that he would later call him to do. But I'm sure there were many times where Moses pouted just like we do, right? Because he's not where he wanted to be right there at that moment. But even in those quiet times, even in the years of waiting, even in the silent years, so to say, the Lord's molding you. He's guiding you. He's preparing you for something in the future. We think about those silent years. You know, the first 30 years of Jesus's life was certainly not wasted, was it? We don't know much about Jesus's first 30 years outside of the first brief period of his birth and then one account when he's 12 years old. But after that, we have no account. We have no knowledge of what happened in those 30 silent years, so to say, of Jesus' life before he began his public ministry. Now, do you think those silent years of Jesus' life were wasted just because the Lord had not, just because the Lord's timing had not arrived yet? No, of course not. Jesus' silent years were not wasted as he waited on God's will for his ministry to be manifest. And God's not going to waste your silent years either, your years of waiting. Listen, to everything there is a season. There's a season of waiting. There's a season of planting, a season of watering, and a season of harvest. And God's not going to waste your season of waiting. Actually, I can about guarantee you that the Lord is molding you in this period of waiting. He's molding you for what the Lord will ultimately guide you to. And that's what we have to keep in mind. I know I've seen that at least in some degree in my life, that there have been periods where I had to wait on certain things longer than it would have been my preference to. I've stayed in jobs longer than I would have preferred to. 
I had to wait much longer than I would have preferred to, to be married, waited longer than we would have preferred to have children. But you know what? I can say definitively, now that I'm 34 years into this thing and about 20 years as being an adult and seeing the manifestation of God's will and his providence in my life, I can say definitively that God's timing and God's will is always best, okay? God has made everything beautiful in his time. And don't feel like that your silent years are being wasted. Don't feel like that your waiting years are being wasted. And I say that with the caveat that I hope you're not wasting them. Now, you can waste your waiting years, no doubt about it. You can waste them. You can waste them in bitterness. You can waste them in murmuring and complaining because you're not where you wanna be or where you thought you should be. You, know, you can waste your waiting years, no doubt about it. But if you're waiting patiently on God's will in faith, then I don't believe that you will waste them. If you're not murmuring and complaining and blaming the Lord because you haven't got what you perceive that you should have. So God makes everything beautiful in his time. And I guarantee you, even if you don't see it, I know I've seen this in my life. Even if you don't see it during that period of waiting, the Lord is moving. The Lord is working. And when the fullness of God's providence just all comes together and it's just blossoms like a beautiful bouquet, boy, it is a special, special thing to watch to where we can look back and say that time was not wasted. That suffering was not wasted. It allowed me to grow. It taught me lessons that were necessary to prepare me for what the Lord was guiding me to in the future. So we would like to encourage you today as you wait, as you wait on God's will. We think about the Lord's guidance of Israel by the cloud. There was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. The fire, when, it, when the way was dark, the Lord gave them light right? When they followed the Lord. But one of the most important things about their following of this cloud is that that cloud, the Lord did not give his people a predetermined schedule of when and where that cloud was going to move, right? He told them to follow the cloud, but sometimes that cloud would stay in a place for a long period of time. And if that cloud didn't move, God's people didn't move. But as soon as that cloud moved, they were required to pick up everything they had and to follow that cloud. And that is depicting the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Whether it's one day or a month or a year, that cloud hovered in a certain place for a period of time. And as, as long as that cloud was there, they remained in that location. And immediately when that cloud moved, they moved. And that's how we have to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. It didn't matter when that cloud moved, even if it was in the middle of the night. Well, if it was in the middle of the night, how are we going to move millions of people at night? You're going to be able to see why. Because there's a pillar of fire to give you light, to give you vision, even in the middle of the night, if that cloud moved in the middle of the night. So that's what happened in God's guidance of Israel by the cloud. And again, that's depicting the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our life, that sometimes the cloud will hover in a location for quite a while, for a period of time we may not have expected. But I'll tell you, when that cloud moves, it moves fast. <laughs> As the song we sing says, God moves in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. But I'll tell you, his purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. Yes, the bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. But when God starts moving, let me tell you, when God starts moving in his providence and his timing comes to fruition, 
His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. And when that happens, that's when we need to have wisdom, right? As we've mentioned before, patience to wait, but then wisdom to discern, but then courage to pick up and go and follow the leadership of the cloud, even if it moves at an inconvenient time. And that's what's important in walking by faith is that when that cloud moves, we move regardless of how inconvenient it might be, even if it's in the middle of the night, as it was sometimes with Israel, as they were guided by the pillar of fire by night. We remain as long as that cloud remains. And when that cloud moves, we immediately follow that cloud. Also in the wilderness, as Israel is preparing to enter into the land of Canaan, he tells them to follow behind the Ark of the Covenant as they're crossing the Jordan River, to follow a good ways behind it, 2,000 cubits behind it. And the reason why I told him this, though, this is in Joshua chapter 3 and verse 4, the reason why they were supposed to follow the Ark of the Covenant, which is a picture of Jesus Christ, they're supposed to wait behind it. Why? Because you have not passed this way heretofore. In other words, you don't know where you're going. You don't know where you're going, but I know where I'm leading you. I know where I'm taking you to. So therefore, don't get ahead of the Ark of the Covenant. Boy, that's an important lesson, isn't it? We talk about getting the cart before the horse. Well, do not get your cart ahead of Jesus Christ, right? Do not get your cart ahead of the Ark of the Covenant, which is Jesus Christ. No, you need to wait patiently on God's will. And when you see that cloud move, when you see Jesus Christ moving, you follow him. But we will always get in trouble when we get impatient, when we try to get ahead of the Ark of the Covenant, because we don't know where we're going. We haven't passed this way heretofore either. We don't know where we're going. And you are opening yourself up to a great amount of peril, to a great amount of danger if you allow impatience and discontentment to make you move ahead of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. So wait patiently. Don't get impatient and get, and get up ahead of that Ark of the Covenant. No, we wait and follow the Ark of the Covenant. We follow Jesus Christ because we have not passed this way before. We don't know where we're going. We're just trusting the leadership of the Lord. Think about all the different examples in Scripture where the Lord's timing is just simply not our timing, right? We would not have expected the Lord when he found out that Lazarus was sick. Why did he wait? Why did he wait for Lazarus to die? And when he gets to the graveside, you kind of understand Mary and Martha's just being baffled. Why? Why did you wait? If, if you would have came, he wouldn't have died, which certainly would have been true. But in their mind at that moment, I can't believe the Lord's timing, right? I can't believe that the Lord waited and allowed our beloved brother to die. I can't believe the Lord is so inconsiderate in his timing. Well, the Lord knew exactly what he was doing in his timing, didn't he? He waited to allow Lazarus to pass away, and he waited to the fourth day when he was stinking. Why? To show a testimony of his declaration when he got there that I am the resurrection and the life, right? But there was a period of time where they were doubting. They were doubting God's timing, and we would have been too, most likely, if our loved one would have died when Jesus was waiting for no apparent reason. Why? What were you doing those days? In their mind, it wasn't very important. But why did you wait? Why did you not come sooner to save our brother? But then, after Jesus resurrected Lazarus from the dead, right? I think then they could look back and say, oh, <laughs> 
Oh, that's why God waited. <laughs> that's why Christ waited to show his power over death through the resurrection of Lazarus. You know, I think we could probably say the same thing about the birth of Isaac in the Old Testament, right? Why? Why did God wait 25 years plus? Why did he wait so long for this child of promise to come? Well, part of the reason why is similar to his waiting in the situation of Lazarus is to show beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is the one who resurrects the dead. He's the one who resurrected the dead womb of Sarah. Just in case anyone would have looked at her at age 65 and been, a, well, you know, maybe this was a fluke. Well, no one was going to say that at age 90, right? But we also see the struggle of faith, don't we? that we can relate to. We see the struggle of faith of Abraham and Sarah to not doubt, to not question God as they're waiting for so long. Man, I can't imagine waiting 25 years for a promised child. And, and just like us, they doubted in the midst of that. They doubted the promise of God. But you know what? Isaac came at the appointed time. That's the language that's used to describe his birth in Genesis chapter 18. At the time appointed, at a set time, time. He came at the exact right time, even though they had to wait 25 years. So many examples, so many examples we could give you. We want to highlight for you by way of closing Acts chapter 1 and verse 7, as the apostles were questioning when the baptism of the Holy Spirit would come down from heaven, Jesus tells them, it is not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Lord has put in his power. And boy, that is an important lesson for us to learn, isn't it? It's not for you to know the times and the seasons. It's not for you to know. What do we do? We just simply wait on the Father, right? We wait on the Holy Ghost. We wait on the movement of the Holy Spirit. It's not for you to know the times and the seasons. And by the way, it's a real blessing that you don't. <laughs> just in case you ever start questioning the Lord that, oh, I wish I knew what was going to happen in the future so I would have my future all laid out. Oh, no, you don't. No, you don't. What an amazing blessing and grace that the Lord does not let us know what the future holds. We have the blessing of walking by faith because if we knew all the bad things that would happen in the future, we would be paralyzed for years in advance because of some bad thing that's going to happen 10, 15 years from now, right? It is a tremendous blessing for us to not know what's around the corner. That's why we walk by faith. But it's not for you to know the times and the seasons. And boy, I have to remind myself of that very often. And I would encourage you to do the same. It's not for me to know the times and the seasons. You want to know who's in charge of the times and the seasons? God's in charge of the times and seasons. But also, don't forget the language there of that season. You see, a season is not a permanent situation, isn't it? No seasons change. And going all the way back to the flood, God promised, as long as there is life on this earth, there's going to be seed time and harvest. There's going to be spring and summer and winter. So that tells me that until Jesus Christ comes back, there will be seasons in this world. And I'll tell you, until Jesus Christ comes back, there will be various seasons in our life. But guess what? It's not up for you to know the times and the seasons. If God brings a season of suffering in your life, we endure that by faith. If God brings a season of joy and happiness, we thank him for it. But whatever season comes in our life, remember, it's not permanent. It's temporary. It's changing. It's transitory. It's not for you to know the times and the seasons. But don't forget, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11, God has made everything beautiful in his time. 
God's made everything beautiful in his time. And I know I can say that that's certainly true in my life, and I hope that you can say the same thing. And even if you can't see it clearly now, I hope if you listen to this message 5, 10, 15, 20 years later, maybe even 40 years later, Moses had to wait 40 years to learn the appropriate lessons, that we can all say together that God has made everything beautiful in his time. Let's wait on God's will in faith, in patience, trusting him and praise him when that time ultimately does come to pass. May God bless you on this Lord's Day. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist church in your area. Visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com to search for a Primitive Baptist church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find additional contact information. This program is also available on iTunes under Podcasts with the title, The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Baptist radio broadcast. If you enjoy our program, send us an email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caldonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. Come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 and tune in next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray that God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonder.